Gamera. 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 Gamera is really neat. He is filled with turtle meat. We love eating Gamera. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the 83, 83rd episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Trav Bella, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Michaela. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> of, of Barbella and the, and the other one from the movie? The, the oh 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 <laughs> so yeah i'm Trav never bella mind. and you're mike bella that okay now it all makes sense my bad <laughs> uh my mind was not where it was supposed to be um so yeah hi everybody happy 83rd episode michael <laughs> happy 83rd yeah um <clears throat> uh, i mean this is I mean, we're almost to 100. I don't know what we're going to do for our 100th, but we're almost to 100. It's actually a, a pretty big milestone. Yeah, uh, we have no plans for our 100th episode. Maybe we should do something, something you know, like, important. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, 100 is pretty important, if you ask me, as far as, like, podcast goes. you. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's rare that a podcast, especially a, a podcast, you know, in the format that we do it or about the, the subject matter in which we do it. Um, it's kind of, I feel like it's rare that it lasts past 50 episodes. Yeah. But to make it to a hundred, to make it to a hundred is really special. I think, cause you know, it seems like all of our, it seems like we, all of our friends that we started or started with around the same time, uh, they're getting ready to uh, experience their hundredth episode. Yeah, or or at least yeah, they're they're getting close to a milestone because some of our some of our friends who started podcasts they they do theirs like every fortnight, or some of them only do it like once every three weeks. So yeah, know, I think them, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so some of them haven't really reached the the number of episodes that we have. Some of them have some of them have surpassed us because they started way before us. I know Tokyo Lives is way ahead of us because um, they started. Oh, Tokyo Lives has been yeah, Tokyo Lives has been around for like four years. I don't I don't necessarily count them or Kaiju Transmissions in this conversation. Right. Yeah. But that being said, for us to be a weekly podcast, except for the few times where we missed an episode because of technical issues or stuff like that uh which happens rarely but does happen every once in a while um and the few times the you know, but for us to be weekly and to be doing this every single week i mean to reach a hundred episodes that's 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 a lot and especially since we are kind of a longer format podcast not necessarily a uh you know a uh quick 30 minute bite episode you know type podcast i mean that is um yeah like can you just like thinking back on it like all the hours that we've spent watching movies and talking about movies many many, many it's hours. a lot 
It's but, a lot. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I mean, you don't really think about you. You honestly don't think about like what kind of work goes into uh, putting together a podcast, and then you know, because yeah. there is there is a lot of work that goes into it. And yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, we've spent oh, a lot yeah. of hours. We spent a lot of hours. Oh yeah, uh, but it's been rewarding, and I don't know why we're talking like this when it's only episode eighty-three. We should save it for episode one hundred. I just, I just didn't realize we were already at episode eighty-three. Whenever I was looking at my notes, <laughs> huh. that's why yeah, I even we, brought we it up. We definitely are. Yeah, we definitely are. Um, so uh, I don't think we have any news to get into today. So we're not necessarily gonna get. So we're not necessarily gonna play the beady beady, but. There was something that I think you and I wanted to talk about was the first two episodes of Ultraman Trigger. And yeah. for those so, who don't... So those, instead of playing the BDBD, can we play the color timer? Uh, yeah, I can find a color timer effect. Sure. I think I have well, one. Let's let's <laughs> cue the color... Let's like, Here we go. Let's cue the color timer. Okay, so we have three minutes to get through this. No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> so so since we, since this was a slow news week and we didn't really have any games we wanted to play this week, we weren't in a gaming mood. Uh, so we decided that since the first two episodes of Ultraman Trigger, or was it Ultraman Trigger New Generation Tiga? Yes, uh, that's had, the long title. Has come out recently. We wanted to just take a few minutes to discuss our thoughts on that show before we get into our main topic. Which, if you're here for the main topic, don't be afraid. We will include a what do you call that? A, a, a timestamp. Time stamp? Yeah, timestamp. I always forget the name yeah. of that. Uh, down in the the thingamabob down below, and then uh, you can just. I always forget to put in the. I always forget to put in the timestamp. You can clicky clicky on the thingy and the in the in the doodad down below, and then we can and then you can skip ahead to the, <laughs> to the main topic <laughs> of the of the episode if you want. But it, but if you feel like listening to some of our Ultraman Trigger talk, then you can stick around for just a, a little bit while we talk about that. So um, yeah, let's let's get into the Ultraman Trigger talk. Um, episode one, Ultra Mud Wrestling. <laughs> so that happened <laughs> yeah that's something i never thought i'd see um so uh, um <clears throat> i watched i watched uh old episode one uh when it debuted with everybody else and uh, overall uh, the episode was just kind of meh it was solid but it was just kind of meh you know, it just kind of, it's just kind of, you know, not quite, it didn't quite grab me. Uh, it didn't quite grab me in the same way that maybe Ultraman Z or Ultraman Z uh, did when it debuted because Ultraman Z uh, debuted and it was pretty, it, it started pretty soon with the action. Like it, it pulled you in immediately, but mm -hmm. um, this one, a little bit slower, a little bit slower. Um, and I'm not quite sold on our main, uh, protagonist yet. Uh, his name escapes me. Uh, the smile, smile guy. Yes. Smile, um, smile, smile, smile. Um, I'm not quite sold on him yet. Um, I don't know what it is, but I just, I, I I'm going to honestly say, I think I like, uh, Haruki better than this guy. Yeah. So I, 
the thing is here it's it's a tokusatsu show and tokusatsu means special effects or special filmmaking right um but uh so the so when it comes to the special effects when it comes to the action the monsters the sets uh the miniatures all of that so even the cgi which there was a lot more cgi in this than i was expecting but yeah there's a good good amount of cgi all of that's great i mean it's subarai subarai mm-hmm. always does a good job but like they're they're being very inventive with the way that they're filming things are you know doing these weird angles they're uh shifting the camera in weird ways and kind of giving us different perspectives on the monster fights all of that's excellent but everything else in the episode was very underwhelming like i am very very underwhelmed by this um and and i've said this before and i think i I think i said it to maybe alex from monsters versus men a while back Mm -hmm. but when it comes to these tokusatsu shows because they are so formulaic uh you know and, and and that's just part of the part of what comes with the territory because these are for kids these are you know kind of just they they have a lot of episodes to fill in so they do become very formulaic so i'm always focused more on the characters and the story than i am the just the action because the action whether it's good or not you know doesn't matter because it's just we're going to see a bunch of that same action over and over again so right the shows live and die on the characters for me and yeah i don't like the main character as much he's just he doesn't appeal to me in any way i didn't like the mom and surprisingly i didn't like the the uh kind of boss guy that you know came up from from uh earth to mars and brought him brought the main character back to to earth i just i don't know i just did i didn't care for any of the characters the story i i think it's interesting that they are kind of building up almost like a mystery and kind of a uh a a kind of a a legendary you know kind of uh there was this ancient warrior and now we're kind of you know piecing together the the history of that ancient warrior and how we've gotten to the point where we're at i think that's interesting but the just the characters are so underwhelming to me so yeah i'm i'm not i'm not a fan i was i i was really just not even interested in watching the second episode but i did get to the <clears throat> second episode eventually and getting into the second episode it was better it was better. It was a lot better. Um, uh, we didn't talk about Trigger's ex-girlfriend, though, uh, all that much. Uh, so apparently there's the, uh, apparently Trigger has an ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the villain. <laughs> the, villain uh, is, is, the villain is Trigger's ex-girlfriend, and she's pissed that I guess he dumped her. Uh, and then something happened. And now she's come to seek revenge. I don't know. I, I'm. It's, it's a little because I don't know a whole lot about Tiga, and I'm not a hundred because I don't remember a lot about Tiga. I remember seeing Tiga as a kid, but I don't remember a ton about it. And I'm not sure how much of this show is following Tiga canon, uh, specifically for that particular character, or if or if they're just kind of reinventing the lore here. Uh, people who are more. People who are more uh, familiar with with the Ultraman lore and Ultraman's Tiga uh, specifically can probably tell me, but 
is this a rewriting of the lore? Is this a follow-up to the lore of Tiga? Or, or what are we dealing with here? Because I'm not 100% like a sure. Of, it feels like a little bit of both. Because if I like, it feels like it is set in the same world as Tiga, but also they're kind of, I don't know, they're kind of picking and choosing what they include and what's like, again, like we're still kind of piecing everything together because it's still on the first two episodes and they they have left a lot of mystery there. So, which right. I appreciate, but at the same time, I'm kind of, eh. um, I will say that the villains in this are more interesting than the ones from Zet, from Z, uh, because mm. what what was his name? Cer- Cer- it wasn't Cerebro, but it was like Cerab, Cerab something, oh. Cerebello, or Cerab. Cere- oh God, what yeah, was it? Cerebo, um, Cerebo, or something like that. Anyway, I think the- something. I think it's yeah. I'll look it up. Keep talking. That villain didn't really have much of a personality or anything to me. Like, I liked Zet, I liked Z, but majority of what brought me back again and again to, to Z wasn't the villains, it was the human characters. Uh, whereas uh-huh. this, I feel like the human characters are really lacking. I Even the Guts team, like the team that, that the main character ends up joining and everything doesn't feel all that interesting and most of them are really kind of just blank slates almost or or like one note and i don't really like i don't i don't know i don't they didn't appeal to me but the villains they have personality they have over the top kind of personalities they have this kind of mysterious connection to trigger that even the main character doesn't know what it is so i kind of like what's happening with the villains more than i do with the main characters and the main cast yeah i like uh because there's a there's a there's a sequence of events that that takes place in episode two where um as he is fighting the villain that is the associate of his ex-girlfriend um the one that's dressed like a knight Mm -hmm. um he has flashbacks and apparent and they are they are ultraman tiga's actual memories of the first time they uh, they fought, and I think that's really interesting because it does lend a little bit. It does leave a little bit of mystery where you're like, okay, so what is like what happened in the past? Uh, why are these why are these villains here? Um, and why and and how is our main protagonist going to be pulled into that? So I thought that was pretty interesting, and I think the main selling point for me. Uh, for this show so far is really just the tokusatsu. It really is. Uh, yeah. It's, it's the interesting, it's the interesting angles, the interesting camera angles, um, the fast paced, uh, that, what is that one shot there when they're, when they're, it's the, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a low angle shot and the camera's just spinning around the fight. And it's just such mm-hmm. an interesting, it's such an interesting shot. And I think that, I think what's selling it for me is just, of how wonderful things have been are being shown off. But I mean, I'm curious as to what's going to happen with our, with our main, with our main character, because typically in Ultraman lore, um, you've got, you've got the host and Mm -hmm. you've got Ultraman, you've got Ultraman, but no one knows he's Ultraman. So apparent. So now we have our, we have our host 
we have our Ultraman and like three other people that know he's Ultraman mm-hmm. that know he's Trigger. And also, so lately, well, ever, for a, for a long time now, uh, probably all going back to some the original ones, uh, the Ultramen have all been almost all of them have been part of the Ultra Garrison or the you know Galactic Defense Force or whatever it's called. Uh, so they're yeah. all part. They all come from the Land of Light. They all come from you know, and they they they're all they have rankings and everything. Like we saw that in Z, how he was kind of a rookie and was still being trained, but then he comes to Earth and and joins up with Haruki and stuff. With this, it's it is set kind of in the world of Trig of uh, Tiga, where it's completely disconnected from all the other at least so far of what we can see from all the other ultra mm-hmm. shows and ultra like canon. And I kind of like that because lately all of the, all of the new age of heroes shows that they've done for Ultraman, whatever the, you know, the kind of Neo Heisei it's, is what I call it. The Neo Heisei. It's intro. been a, it's been a lot of can It's been a lot of cameos. Is that what it's you're- been a, well no no it's not even just a lot of cameos, but like all the, basically the last 10 years of, of Ultraman, uh have all been they get their powers and they're they like get their power ups from the powers of other ultramen so you know like with orb it was the cards of other ultras and he combined them together with z it was the right. coins and with with what was it geed i think geed was the one that had the the little miniature figures that he combined together or that might uh, be x i uh, i think that was x i think geed also had coins Maybe I, 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 they start to blend together for me a little bit because uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Ultraman. I, I like I like some of them. I really liked Z. I like Orb. I, I like a few of them. But for the most part, Ultraman just isn't appealing to me. And a lot of it is because so much of it is dependent on what came before it. And I and I like that they I like when they pay homage to the history and the long history of Ultraman. But I don't like that every Ultraman for the last 10 years have ha- has had to the only way they can become powerful is through the using the powers of other Ultraman. Whereas in this one, the thing I like is this Ultraman is not using the powers of other Ultras. He has power ups, but they're not taken from somewhere else or from from another Ultraman. They're just his right, own. Right, and I yeah, I immediately I, I noticed that too, and especially in episode two where it was uh, Ultraman Tiga uh, 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 power is it power type or strength type trigger yeah Ultraman um, trigger uh, uh, Ultra yeah Ultraman trigger strength type or, or yeah, power something type like something that. like that uh, something like I think that. it's power type. But I so so that's what I like about this show. That, that is that is one thing I do really like is that they they're sticking to this. It is disconnected at least for now from the rest of the ultra canon, and it and this ultra is kind of on his own and has to rely on his own power and his own power ups. And I like that. Um, and I yeah I I like that too. I'm I'm kind of curious what the mystery is surrounding the this the transformation device, the, uh, the, uh, the artifact that was recreated to make the ultra transformation device, or it has, it probably has a name, but the name is beta capsule, his beta capsule, right? His beta capsule. Uh, so I'm wondering what the mystery is surrounding that because in the, in episode two, we did get to see that, you know, the, the, the beta capsule that this character uses is actually a, uh, a recreation of an artifact found 
and given to um, to guts to to do over to to recreate. So yeah, I'm and just kind of curious. I think, the, I think the character who was working on it and built it was Akito, uh, or I might be confused. Okay, I might be confusing it. It's with the a kid. Different... It's the kid in the white jacket. Yeah, it's the kid yeah. In the white jacket. He is the one member of guts I'm actually kind of interested in because he seems to have more depth to him uh you know he like yeah he's kind of annoying because he's just the brooding guy but there is some depth to him and he he starts off with like the jealousy of why wasn't i the one who became ultraman but then they abandoned that way too quickly uh, unless they pick it up yeah i think unless they pick it again unless they unless they pick it up again I th- I just kind of got the impression that they abandoned it a little bit too quickly because you're right. Th- there was that moment where it's like, well, I created this and I was supposed to be the Ultraman. I was supposed to be Tiga or I was supposed to be, I'm sorry, I was supposed to be Trigger. And how to, and why did someone like you become uh, Trigger and not me? And I, I thought that was a really interesting plot point. And I really hope that they don't abandon that. I don't think that they will. Um, but I was just kind of getting a little bit, I was getting a little bit, I was getting a little bit skittish there uh, when that whole sequence of events was going on, because, you know, all of a sudden they're, they're fighting and all of a sudden there's jealousy involved and now they're helping one another and they're kind of buddy, buddy at the end. No, they weren't really buddy, buddy at the end. That's the thing. That's what makes me think they're not abandoning it completely is that they weren't really buddy, buddy at the end. Like you can tell this guy is still angry and he's still going to hold on to some resentment, but he also Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, because the, the head boss guy uh, talked to him, it's like, yeah, I may be resentful and I may be angry, but I, we have a job to do and I have to get this done because otherwise we're all going to (laughs) die. So, so I, you know, I get that. I think that it is smart to make it a little bit more complex than just, I'm jealous of you. And so I'm not going to work with you because that would get old really quickly, especially in this this show where they're a team. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think it would, I think it would get old very quickly. Um, but I mean, I don't really have a whole lot more to say about it, except for except for that. I mean, we don't know a whole we don't just we just don't know a lot about it because it's only, we're only two episodes in now. If in if a couple episodes from now, uh, and some big revelation, something major happens, I'm sure we'll talk about it. But um, for right now, there's not a whole lot to there's really not a whole lot to talk about because we're still trying to get to know our characters. Yeah, uh, which is. A couple of things. I was gonna though. say because. Ep- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, no, no. The only thing I was gonna say. The only thing I was gonna say was like in in usual uh, Ultraman fashion. Episode one starts off with no con with a lot of action, no context whatsoever. Episode two is dedicated typically to getting to know your characters. That's in episode two. That's when you get to know your characters, not episode one. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, but but I think they did that with 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 Z. They did a really good job of like introducing the characters in episode one. Like like episode one, you immediately knew what was going on, what the hierarchy was, who was who, what their character development was. Um, you know, like they of course there wasn't a lot of depth because it was still you know just first episode. But but yeah, there was there was more to it. There was more meat to the characters, whereas this one 
I feel like, and I've said it before with other shows and other movies, I think this one went with more style over substance. I think there was more substance in previous shows, whereas this one kind of went, yeah, let's do the big special effects. Let's let's make this, let's wow the audience, but yet the the substance wasn't really there. And I it just, that that's how it felt for me. But two things I do want to mention, though, that I did like. One, I like that his beta capsule thing, his transformation thing, is not just a gun that he shoots. Because um, I, hearing the word <laughs> trigger and seeing the way it's shaped, it kind of scared me that it was just going to be a gun. But it's like, no, it's it, it folds out and turns into kind of like the staff that looks like what uh, Tiga used to use to transform. So, uh, so right. that was cool. Uh, I also liked the alien. Was it Alien Metron or whatever that that is on their team? Uh, I forget the name yes. of it, but the but that's the species. I kind of like that character. <laughs> I didn't think I would, but I did kind of like that character. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a little while since we've done. I think it's been a little while since Ultraman's done like an alien sidekick because Z didn't have an alien sidekick, did it? Mm-mm. Or am I missing something? No. Am I misremembering something? No, I think uh, so, uh, not since Geed. Yeah, I think so. I think not since Geed, we didn't see like an alien, like an alien uh, team member. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. interesting. that's really I, interesting. I love the scene where uh, the, the, the villain for this for this episode was talking to trigger and they he's talking to him in an ancient alien language and and they look to the the alien metron whatever the character's name is and say what's he saying and he's like oh uh, the the ancient ultra language how am i supposed to know (laughs) i just it's very yeah i thought that was yeah. so cute because it's like yeah you're like you well he's speaking an alien language let's ask the alien the alien's like how am i supposed to know he's it's not my language <laughs> right right um one more thing i'll add i think uh one more negative uh one small negative because this may change over the course of the few this may change over the course of the of the season but uh the the smile gimmick i feel like is going to get old oh yeah it's gonna get old after a while yeah oh yeah it's already old (laughs) it's It's already it's gonna get old yeah it's gonna get old like like i i like the sentiment i think the sentiment is good but the whole the constant smile smile is gonna get real old after a while yeah yeah uh, it, it just i don't know why they need to have catchphrases i mean i get like ultraman always have catchphrases uh but i, I just this one just doesn't feel great i mean uh, and, and for someone who's a big fan of common rider especially bigger fan of common rider than ultraman uh it feels like they're trying to do what kuga did because kuga was like you know the the hero only one to make people smile and make people laugh and and everything but they're just doing it in a very annoying way and so it's like no it's i don't know i don't it, i'm already tired of it <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, but yeah, like you said, sure. we're not going to uh, talk about this show every week. We're just going to we just wanted to kind of catch up on these first two episodes, give our, give our opinion since it was a slow news week. Um, but if anything major happens in the future uh, on one of the episodes, we may talk about it again uh, while 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And if anybody wants to send us in some of their thoughts and opinions, if you have a different opinion on Ultraman Trigger, uh, send it to us uh, either at Kaiju Weekly or Kaiju Weekly at gmail.com. You can do that. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for our Ultraman talk. So let's get into the main topic. Woo! You know, we we really should have a some main topic music. I don't know why we don't, but yeah. Yeah, we really need some transition music to get into the main topic. So we're going to get into our main topic by asking the trivia question that we always ask to hint to what our topic is. <laughs> uh, and the qu trivia question we asked last week was, which kaiju film was originally supposed to feature a monster named Manga or Monga, but was swapped for a more budget friendly option? Hmm, interesting. Okay. And uh, we got some answers. Uh, one was from Jimmy from NASA. Gamera versus the palette swap from space. It's the favorite. The, it's the favorite tactic of old school video game designers and toy manufacturers the world over. Yeah. Yeah. Just swap the swap yeah, the colors out and then sell it as a new thing. <laughs> right. Uh, space gals. Gals gals. Uh, then we have Crystal Lady Jessica who sent in manga versus manga. A lady manga artist or mangaka uh, must use her magic pen to battle kaiju brought to life from the latest comic book she created. That sounds like an epic story and I am surprised that doesn't exist. It probably does exist. Mm, it probably does. I mean... There are new there are no new ideas, so it probably does exist. Yeah, somewhere it 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 exists somewhere out there. Uh, then we have Raymond Martin who sent in manga thonga beach party horror, <laughs> 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 which I think was my favorite because I love that. <laughs> I think I, 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 out of all the ones that they out of all the ones we got this week, I think that might, that one might be my favorite as well. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Nathan from the Monster Island Film Vault podcast sent in uh, a Wikipedia article. Uh, Nathan, don't send me homework. This is my podcast. I ain't doing extra reading. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not your podcast where you do all this extra research. No, this is Kaiju Weekly. We do no research. <laughs> well, that's not fair because we do some research. I mean, yeah. we take we take we take some notes. We take some notes, Travis. Yeah. I didn't take any notes this week, which is really bad. I do take usually take notes. I didn't take any. I honestly, I didn't take any notes either. I watched the movie, but I didn't take any notes while I was watching the movie. I wonder if the listeners can tell this is a more loosey goosey episode than we normally do. <laughs> mm, nope, I don't think so. I think we're hiding it pretty well. Uh, yeah, 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 we are. 
uh, <laughs> uh, we got an, an answer from Damon Noise, uh, who sent in Conga versus Monga, the Eurasian invasion. I love that one. That was a good one. <laughs> that is, and then, yeah, okay. Uh, and then finally, we got this Steve Allman, who sent in Gamera versus Giron. Which is the correct answer because this week we are talking about Gamera versus Giron or Guiron uh, from 1969. I'm not going to do the cast and character breakdown because I'm lazy and I don't feel like doing it. So we'll just get straight into the plot breakdown. Michael, what's the plot breakdown? The plot breakdown is super simple this week. Uh, it's the Goonies in space. Yep. It's the Goonies but in space. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's exact. It's like, if you've ever seen the Goonies <coughs> from the eighties, uh, which is an American movie. If you're not familiar, um, where kids, I, I, I think most uh, people go are familiar with the Goonies. Yeah. I mean, if you're not, okay. So if you're not familiar with the Goonies, shame on you, first of all, uh, second of all, go look it up and go watch it because actually Goonies is, is a pretty good movie. I don't like the Goonies. Okay, that oh, I'm done. I'm I'm done. I quit. I, I don't. I don't. I like quit the, the podcast. <laughs> I've never been the biggest fan. I think it's one of those ones that you has to you have to watch it at a very specific time in your life. And I guess I missed that that point in my life. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that movie. Um, it's not like this movie in plot and theme, but it's kind of like that movie in the sense that you have to have you kind of have to watch this movie uh in a specific time of your life to really appreciate it which is uh shoot now I, it escapes me it's like lean on me or stand stand, oh, by, stand me. by me stand by me stand by me yeah 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 yeah. stand by me yeah stand by me is one of those movies that you kind of have to watch it at a certain period in your life to really appreciate it yeah now i i do i do like the sandlot so that's yeah, yeah the sandlot's fun the sandlot yeah. actually had a lot of the same actors uh, and actress and actresses in it that it did that the goonies did as well yeah uh but we are not here to talk about the goonies we're here to talk about oh gamera versus Gliron. uh so this was this is well we are in the month of guilty pleasures and we mm -hmm. did run a couple of uh audience polls on twitter to see what movies everyone felt like was a good guilty pleasure movie that they wanted us to cover and this was one that won one of the votes yeah um i when i put it on the list i kind of figured that it would win because everyone seems to really like this movie or really hate this movie or really love to hate this movie or somewhere in between like i'm, I'm sure there's an in between somewhere there but uh but yeah. yeah, we're uh this was this is someone's guilty pleasure, which I mean we did kind of we did actually watch this for Trash Mountain, Kaiju Quarantine 2, Trash Mountain. So Yeah. It's I mean it has its it has its moments, but it's kind of rough. It's kind of too. rough, but I will say it is not the worst Gamera movie. It is far from no, the worst there are movie. No, there are far worse Gamera movies. Um, I think I watched the worst uh, Gamera movie when I went and guessed it on Monster Island Film Vault uh, last week. 
<laughs> oh, are you talking? Oh, you're talking about Zigra. Zigra. Oh, yeah, Zigra's I do not like Z- Zigra. To me, is worse than Super Monster. Really? I like what? Super Monster is fun. I I enjoy how just crazy and absurd and dumb and bad that super monster is zigra is just bad and boring and sometimes annoying and so yeah no but it's, i mean yeah i, I, I mean i kind of get it i mean zigra's zigra's a, i mean zigra's a tough watch um but i honestly think that uh super monster is a tougher watch but and that's my opinion though. If that's not how you really if that's not how you feel, then that's not how you feel. I just was kind of taken aback by the fact you said that you like Super Monster more than than Zigra. Yeah. Or even pro I would imagine you like Mon you like Super Monster more than this movie. Um actually probably not. Uh because this one always brings back some nostalgia for me. And this will be my opening thoughts because we haven't even done our opening thoughts on this yet. But uh, this movie always brings back some nostalgic moments for me because of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Like this was... Oh, yeah. This was the first Gamera movie that I saw. And it was because of Mystery Science Theater 3000 that I saw it. And so that you know i i have some nostalgia for this movie even though i yeah it is it is rough uh and i still it is my i think that's one of my favorite not my all-time favorite but one of my favorite mystery science theater 3000 episodes is when they do this movie and yeah it's a classic i mean it's where the gamera song came from gamera 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 is re- Gamera is really neat. He is filled with turtle meat. We love You're eating Gamera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nails, eyes, toes, something, what? something, something. I get them out of order every time. <laughs> oh goodness, it's it's uh so great. It's such a great episode of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. So yeah, so no, I, I I to me this this movie is. Which I mean, it came out before it, but still, this movie is the the Godzilla versus Megalon of the Gamera series. Like it is, it is garbage. It's garbage and it's it's trash and but it's it's garbage trash. in the best way. Yes, it's it's, it's garbage trash. in the best way. Right. Yes. Uh, and yes. <laughs> and I have fun with it, and there's some, and then there's a little nostalgia there too, because again, like with uh, with with this one, I grew up watching uh, watching uh, Godzilla versus Megalon too. So you know, as a little kid, so you know, it just it, it's just fun I, fact. I, I have fun with this one. Fun fact: I did not I did not see Gamera versus Guiron until honestly, I think I did. I think I never saw Gamera versus Guiron until uh kaiju quarantine i think that was the first time i saw gamma versus queer on because you know uh i never and I, I i was not one of those kids that watched mystery science theater 3000 like i i've went back and watched mystery the misties mm-hmm. um now as an adult uh but that's not something i grew up with that's not something i kind of invested my time in so I'm kind of playing catch up, whereas you and Nathan and some others who have grew up, who grew up with it and grew up enjoying it already know these things. Um, 
But yeah, I never, I never watched uh, versus Guiron up until maybe a year, however long it was ago, like a year and a half ago uh, at this point. And I'm going to say that it's not my favorite. It's not <laughs> my favorite of the, of the show of Gamera movies. Um, no. There are, there are worse ones. There are worse ones. Like I think that I, I, I could, I could probably see where you would, I could probably agree with you that Ziggra is probably worse than this. Um, Jiger's a slightly worse than this. And I don't like Virus. Um, I don't like Virus at all. Virus? Virus? Yeah, Virus. I don't know how you say it. Virus? Yeah. See, uh, I, think I don't Virus, like Virus at all. Virus is the exception uh, in the sense that it came out before this movie, but everything after this movie, up until the, the, hey say trilogy kind of went downhill and like and i admit like super super monsters as far as technically super monster is worse than this movie i just enjoy it more because of the absurdity of it but yeah this feels like a plateau for the gamma series uh the showa era and then it's just straight downhill after this yeah yeah, I, I I I agree. I, I think um, <laughs> how many how many how many Gamma films are left after this one? I think what three? Because after this one, there's there's uh, uh, Zigra and there's um, Giras and there's uh, Super Monster, and then we and then it's G- the Heisei trilogy. Jiger or Jiger? What did I say? Giras. I yeah. said Giras. Yeah. <laughs> Giras is uh, yeah. You did. Giras is uh, the the Ultraman monster. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, that um, would have been fun. Gamera versus Giros would have been awesome. <laughs> and it technically wouldn't have been Godzilla. And I know that's something that people have been clamoring for, but that would have been funny. That really yeah. would have been hilarious, I think. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time watching Showa Gamera. And I'm glad, I'm glad that I'm, I'm happy when we do, because it does remind, it, it does the more I watch these movies, the more I tend to appreciate them more because mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm out of that. I'm out of that mindset now of, Oh, it's not Godzilla. And, it, and it's not all that serious. It's garbage. Like I used to be that person. Mm-hmm. Like I used to be that, uh, that, that snobbish. Like if it's not, uh, if it's not Gojira 1954, don't give it to me. Like I used to be that person, mm-hmm. but I don't you like to be I don't like Elijah. those people. <laughs> I, yeah, I used to be Elijah uh, or Eric or Eric, our friend, <laughs> our friend Eric at at, Mon- at the Monsters versus Men. Uh, I used to be that person, and I don't like those. I don't like those types of people. I love. Don't get me wrong. I love Eric and I love I, Elijah. I'm just teasing them. They're not actually like that that bad. It's just it just made me because especially the voice the voice you use there is the same voice we use always when we're talking about Elijah because that's how he <laughs> sounds to us in our heads. It's like uh, yes. I don't know. I don't really like this movie that much. Uh, I think that it could have been so it just that's what made me think of it hi elijah we love you (laughs) (laughs) but yes i used to be the person that did that would never watch a movie like this uh and take it somewhat seriously like i i i just was not going to do that but as i've gotten older and as i've gotten more invested in sort of the other kaiju films and tokusatsu and you know branched off into other stuff as a result from that um i can go back and appreciate movies like this for what they are 
they are mm-hmm. intended for kids. Uh, mm-hmm. They are intended to be fun and campy and silly. Um, and there are some uh, there are some enjoyable parts about. There are some things to enjoy about uh, Gamera. About say Godzilla. About Gamera versus Guiron. Uh, so Travis, uh, let's go ahead and get into some our positives and start building out our positivity sandwich. Yeah, and I did want to say real quick, I, 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 I don't know if I how I worded it because I'm my. If if listeners can't tell, both of us are kind of tired and we're not thinking straight completely. So uh, I don't remember what I just Speak said for yourself. I don't remember what I just said five minutes ago, but um, I this wasn't. The first time I watched this movie wasn't the Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode. It's just that that's the one I remember the most and I have nostalgia for that. But the first time yeah. I watched this movie, I think, and it was the first time I ever watched a Gamera movie. So I think this was my first Gamera movie altogether, uh, was uh, I think my grandparents or my mom rented from a video store kids if you don't remember what video stores i'm tired of people saying that everybody knows what a video store is even if you didn't grow up with them anyway um my you know my grandparents or my mom one of them uh you know they saw giant monster big green monster in rubber suit and they just automatically and they knew i loved godzilla so they bought or didn't buy but rented uh gamma versus Guiron and gave it to me to watch and it's like and me as a kid it's like okay whatever you know big big monster in rubber suits okay <laughs> it's not godzilla but i i watched it and it was fun so yeah that was my i think that was my first experience with gamma altogether was this movie so yeah that's why i said this movie has some nostalgia for it so that's why i, I kind of i like this movie now as far as positives it really comes down to the just absolute bonkers fight scenes between the monsters because <laughs> just the craziest stuff this is this is where the gif comes from of of uh somersault uh was it not somersault but like you know uh gamera spinning on the pole uh which sounds yes. weird out of context <laughs> pole dancing yes this is where this is where pole dancing gamera comes from this is where pole dancing gamera uh, comes anyone- from and if anyone's wondering, yes, he does stick the landing. Yes, he does. And he even does the little, like, uh, dance and Ta-da! stuff. Ta-da! Uh, Guiron is such a weird monster. I kind of just love how just absurd he is. The big knife head, the little shurikens, the little ninja stars that he shoots out the side of his face. Just, <laughs> and his laugh, the... When he when he makes when he makes sushi out of space gals, yeah, yes, uh, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and and uh, talking about uh, the the trivia question, yeah, Monga was the monster that was going to appear instead of space gals, but they didn't have a big budget. This was a very small budget movie, and uh, so they just painted the gals suit silver and went with that. <laughs> Yep. And you can tell because that paint is a Kraken. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I do find it really crazy that this is a movie for kids and Gauss gets decapitated. <laughs> <laughs> this I, I find. Look, it just goes <coughs> to show that Japanese it just goes to show that Japanese kids were more were 
were more resilient than American kids because that I don't know if that would have. I honestly don't think that that a movie like this would have flown on uh, American television. Uh, they would have had to edit that part out. In fact, I think that I think that part did get edited out for the longest time, and it never showed up until. Um, oh God, um, was it when was it the um, was it the AIP or AI? something 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 dubbed and they put it back in i don't know i feel like i heard i can't confirm this i know our friend danny would know but i think that that part where uh where uh Guiron makes sushi out of space gauss that was edited out for the longest time and it hmm. was never shown until a few until several years later well i remember it being in the uh, mystery science theater version because they they make a joke about it so uh so I know that that much, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. But yeah, it just, it just the absolute absurd monster fights is great. Um, the, just the fact that Gauss, Gauss shoots, you know, his laser beam and it just deflects off of, uh, Guiron's machete face and then just slices his own foot off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that, that, that stuff, that kind of stuff, honestly, it's that kind of stuff that makes, show a camera so charming and i know that sounds weird to say but there's a lot of that like there's a lot of that campy charm to mm-hmm. show a camera and, and 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 moments like that is part of that uh for better or for worse that is what this french that is what um at least this era of the franchise is best known for is some of the campier moments like like what happened in Guiron. but yeah yeah so- i mean it's it's pretty rough what uh what are some positives that you have uh you know the monster does you know the monster design for for Guiron is practice is it is silly it is over the top but actually it's pretty good um it's unique it stands out you know um you know what you know what movie this creature is from mm-hmm. uh well yep. what movies technically depending on what you watch first um uh, but yeah, you know what movie Guir- uh, you know what movie Guiron is from. You know that it is a Showa Gamera monster. It, it, it kind of doesn't it doesn't start to really blend in with the the sea of Godzilla and Ultraman and Sentai monsters. It just it just it stands on its own, and it's it's kind of weird. It's really funky, and I like that about it. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, they didn't have a big budget for this. They didn't have a ton of money for it, but I feel like they made the best. I, I feel like they made the best of it they could. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I do. I, I think between like the sets, like the moon base or the the planet, the 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 distant planet base, whatever, uh, that set piece was nice. Um, even the the set pieces within the spaceship were pretty nice, and within mm-hmm. the uh, the evil space women base, uh, that was pretty nice. I mean, they they invested some time into trying to make this movie look good. Yeah, yeah. Um, for just for the budget that they had, they did a pretty decent job in making it look halfway decent. Yeah, they did. I, I so I cannot necessarily fault it for that because they did try. Mm-hmm. Um, where the movie falls short for me is just the it's just it's just it's just the story. Like there's a lot of stuff about the story that just doesn't make quite, just doesn't the make good sense. But again, the Kinnies, the Kinney and just, Kinney. But it is a it, it it's a kids movie. Japanese it's not Kinney and to white make Kinney. Sense. 
Yeah, yeah. Japanese Kenny and White Kenny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they, uh, yeah, yeah. It's the plot. I mean, it is a kid's movie, so it's going to be simple. Uh, it's a kid's movie from the 60s, so it's going to be kind of simple. But yeah, the whole story leading up to the monster fights kind of is not so great. And now that's where some of the best mystery science theater 3000 jokes come in because they fill in the space of that, all that space with, with uh, some great one liners and sometimes, you know, some just great running gags, corn job, <laughs> corn job is my favorite. <laughs> See, I watched, um, when I rewatched this movie for the for this episode, I actually rewatched the original Die dub, uh, which is oh boy, yeah, oh boy, oh yeah, it's rough. Yeah, uh, the little girl, it, it's is is just is 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 insufferable. <laughs> oh, um, oh, what was it she said in the dub? Oh God, they're flying away, and they're they're oh yeah, they're flying away. She's like brother brother and they're already like halfway uh, there and she's still screaming brother come back brother. or mama will scold you yes yes <laughs> come back or mama will scold you like really that's what you're gonna threaten me with yeah. mama will scold you okay that's i love that dub i mean okay okay to be fair to be fair while that dub is the worst i have ever seen I mean, there are some probably some worse ones, but that is the worst I've ever seen. Uh, it also is really hilarious, and I, I have I just love how bad it is. But it is those bad dubs like that that give kind of a bad name to giant monster movies because a lot of people that was their exposure to giant monster movies, and they're like, "Really, you like this stuff?" And it's like, "No, but but there's some good stuff out there too, not just this." But at the same right. time, this dub, oh man, the mom, the mom, the dubbing for her was so bad because it was from a time period where they didn't care if they actually were accurate in the dub. They just cared about matching the mouth movements. So her sentences are so broken and stilted. And it's like, you better listen to me or else. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, I'm like, why is she? I'm, I'm thinking, why? Could, like, is this is this how the script was written, or or that? What are they doing here? Because everything is just everything. It, it matches. It matches okay, but mm. the actual language sounds robotic and yeah. weird. Well, that, that's what it was. So back in the day, and it was it's the same for, for dubs like that and also dubs of anime. Um, the, back in the day, they didn't care about being accurate. They cared about just matching the mouth movements. And so it was more about if as when the mouth of the, when the person who's speaking Japanese, when they spoke, that's when the, the person dubbing it would speak. And when they wouldn't be speaking, the person who's dubbing it wouldn't speak. And so that's why you get the weird stilted uh don't make me tell you again or i will take away your telescope <laughs> it's just 
it's yeah it's uh, that that's where that comes from that's why it's like that and it's so bad and mystery science the misties the mystery science theater crew they uh they really played with that because they're like uh, mommy's just mad because she doesn't know phonics Uh, maybe we should have watched the Mystery Science Theater dub of this. Uh, I I and, did. Uh, <laughs> That's why I can remember I, I know all the you, jokes. I know <laughs> I know you did. I know you did, but I did not. I watched it straight. So okay, well let's hurry up um, and finish this episode, and then we'll watch the Mystery Science Theater three thousand version of. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if I'm going to sit through this one. Yeah, sit through this movie for a while. Uh, it's again. also okay. Uh, so I, the. I just I won't keep talking about the mystery science theater version of this. I will talk about the actual movie, but I will say that this also has some of my favorite Dr. Forrester and TV's Frank moments because usually the the uh, the invention exchange is not something I'm really uh, like it didn't really appeal to me. It, like it appeals to like me as a kid, but not me as an adult. Uh, that's right. it's just kind of dumb and silly. Joel's not my favorite host. Uh, Mike Nelson is. But yeah, there's this, this, uh, what is it? Is it this one where, yeah, they're, they're looking through the, um, the magazine and there's the Rorschach test and, and they're like, oh, check out this, you know, Miss September. Uh, and, there, and it's just the Rorschach test. And then he hold, shows it to TV's Frank and Frank's like, mother, mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh man okay back to the actual movie that we're supposed to be talking about right 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 uh so there was one there's one little plot point that i noticed and i could and i and i'm it was it reminded me whenever i watched this was this is the movie where traffic accidents get brought up yes and (laughs) Yes. And apparently, I mean, that, I mean, we'll get, if you want to get into it, we can. Uh, that was a big deal in Japan. Like kids were getting into traffic accidents. Yes. Uh, which is why I think, which is why, um, if you remember in Godzilla, for people who have watched Godzilla's Revenge, why uh, Ichiro has a yellow jacket and a red hat on is because, you know, kids were getting killed uh, by getting hit by vehicles because people just weren't paying attention. And so they thought if we wear a yellow jacket, I think it's a yellow jacket and a red hat or just a red hat, uh, they'll be able to be seen better. Right. Yeah. And that's a, a lot of Japanese kids, even now to today, still they wear uh, bright colored hats. Uh, and I think even uh, some schools, the the hat, the color of the hat tells you the, the grade that they're in. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, that for us as Americans, it's just a silly, like weird, like why is this kid obsessed with traffic accidents? But when you actually look into the history of of Japan and like the cultural side of it, it there was a good reason why this kid was very scared of traffic accidents and why that he wanted a world without that because yeah, that that right. was happening and uh, kids were getting killed from that and and it was a real danger and so that's one of the reasons why a lot of Japanese kids you see back in the day and even nowadays wear bright colored hats. See, I never um, I never put two and two together when watching um, when watching Godzilla's Revenge 
which is what I watched growing up. I didn't watch all Monsters Attack. I watched Godzilla's Revenge uh, on the TNT network. And then watching this movie and it getting brought up again, I never put two and two together until, I don't know, recent, like probably within like the last year, I discovered the whole controversy about traffic accidents and how, and how bad it was back in the 60s uh, for kids going to school and being hit by vehicles. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and, and for me hearing about that and learning about that kind of added some context to all these shows and all these movies I've been watching all these years. And every time you see the kids are always wearing hats and it's like, why, why are yeah. so many Japanese kids wearing hats? Uh, well, that's why. <laughs> so yes. uh, the, this has the same, things that we see in other gamma movies which is that the kids outsmart the adults but of to course. me it feels worse in this one than in ones prior to this because not only do the kids outsmart the adults or are smarter than the adults the adults are just absolutely oblivious like they're not even paying attention at all they are legitimately just no. not even there <laughs> Like my question is, how can they how how in the world can they automatically know how to fly a spaceship? Uh, I don't think they automatically knew. I think they pressed a button and the spaceship automatically just did itself. May maybe maybe uh, yeah because that's what they were saying that know. why it couldn't they couldn't slow it down they couldn't stop it because uh, they had it was on autopilot and uh, and even uh-huh. Gamera like couldn't keep up with them and that's why they were asking for Gamera's help Gamera help us help us Gamera because they couldn't stop the ship it was on autopilot oh now well, shows how much I pay now my question is what was the aliens uh uh like plan they land the ship in a field out in the middle of you know out in the middle of this field and they just wait for kids to come along in and climb inside is it like a really i mean is it like a really weird crab trap (laughs) that you just set somewhere and expect the crabs to crawl in i i'm not 100 percent sure like, cause I thought, cause that's, that's something that never really gets explained a whole lot is why they came, why the ship came to earth to begin with. Well, it said that they wanted, uh, well, okay. So the motivations for the aliens seem to shift Barbella and the other one. I can never remember the other one's name, but, uh, Barbella and Rubella. Is it yeah, Rub- Rubella? No, it's Rubella. Rubella is a disease, isn't it? I think I think so. Now that I think about it, I think rubella is actually a disease. Oops. I don't know. Anyway, the two two alien babes who want to eat brains. Um they uh that their kind of motivation changed a lot. It's like it seemed like, oh, we want to go and and go to Earth because our planet is destroyed. Oh, we also want to, you know, kill Gamera because we don't want him to stop us from going to Earth. Oh, we also want to eat these children's brains and maybe even feed on the brains of of other humans. And it's like, wait, what is going on? What is your plan? (laughs) There was no plan. That's the plan. That's that's the big revelation from uh, Gamera versus Guiron. There was no plan. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I do kind of like the the two alien babes because, and I'm just gonna call them that because I don't know, I can't ever remember their names. Baybella, <laughs> Baybella one and Baybella ba- two. <laughs> that works. That works. I do like them in the sense of I like that they ap- appeared to be friendly, but then turned out to be evil. And then you see how evil they are when they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to eat their brains. But also when one of them gets hurt and then the other one just just disintegrates her because it's like you're just going to slow me down. Like they really, really turned out to be evil, but they seem so nice to begin with. (laughs) Well, you know, I think the tables started to turn when they shaved Kenny A's head and was going to eat his brain. Yeah. When they gave him the donuts that knocked him out. (laughs) Here, little kid. Okay, here's a lesson to all the kids that listen to this show. Don't ever eat a donut given to you by a shiny space woman. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. If you you, you put it down, put it down. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh again like i said i i hate how oblivious the adults are just like okay i get that it's a kids movie and like i said i get that there's the kids are going to be smarter than adult than the adults we get that from other gamma movies that i do like like gamma versus gauss but the this one it was just so bad the adults were so awful they were just like shells of human beings they barely they were barely alive (laughs) well they were barely in it true true um i mean they were i mean any go uh, ahead no no go ahead go ahead Uh, no i was just gonna say no because i really didn't have much i didn't have much to add there so just go ahead Well, I was going to say, um, we can start wrapping up with, you know, whatever we want to, you know, if we have anything else to say, uh, we can, you know, start wrapping this up. I mean, I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. I mean, honestly, Gamera versus Gamera versus Gueron is a fun movie. Uh, There's not a ton. There's not a lot there as far as plot and substance. Uh, if you're familiar with Showa Gamera uh, and you love Showa Gamera uh, and you can overlook some of the pitfalls of Showa Gamera, go watch, go watch Queer On. I know like we got a lot of votes for this one. So it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it does have, it does have its fans. Like people do like this movie legitimately. I like this movie and I can yeah. see why. But I think a lot of it is, and I think that why they voted for it for, guilty pleasure month is a lot of people like it with the acknowledgement of we like it because it's so bad it is one of those so right bad, it's one it's of good yeah it's one of those i i like it ironically movies right yeah. yeah uh so let's go ahead and move on to our godzuki scores and our final thoughts uh so we like to rate our movies out of five godzukis instead of five stars because we like to embrace the sillier side of giant monster movies and so we use the great godzuki godzilla's bumbling nephew as our yardstick so michael out of five godzukis how many godzukis would you give gamera versus Guiron, and what are your final thoughts uh i i uh 
I'm going to go ahead and just give this this one 2.5 out of 5 Godzookies. It's not the worst. It's not the worst Gamera movie. Uh, it's not the best Gamera movie. It's just right there in the middle. It's like right between that transition of okay Showa Gamera and really bad Showa Gamera. So it's it's directly in the middle there. Uh, I think I don't know what film this is. Is this what the fifth film in the in the in? I think there's eight. Camera. There's eight films. Barugan, Gauss, and Vera. So yeah, this would have been five. The this is the fifth film out of eight. I think. Uh, yeah. Five, yeah. Five. Yeah. Six. Seven. Eight. So this is about this is about the halfway point of the franchise. Uh, a little over the halfway point of the franchise. Um. I. I do get the ur- I do get the urge to watch Showa Gamera every now and then, uh, but this is not one that I go to. I actually go to Barugan or uh, Gauss uh, before I go to this one. Um, it's not my favorite. I I understand why people like it, which is why. But it's it's like I said, it's not the worst. It's not the best, which is why it's getting a it's why it's getting a two point five out of five for me. Uh, and if you like that, if you like Show a Gamera, it's worth watching at one at least once. Yeah, I'm right there with you. This is a 2.5 Godzookies out of five. Um, because yeah, you're right. It is it is the transition point. It is the transition point from pretty good Gamera movies. Although I'm not a big fan of Viros, which came before it. But but I but like I legitimately like Barugan, and I legitimately like gauss or at least most of gauss uh so Hmm. those two are the best of the showa era for me um and then this one is kind of the middle point and then the rest are kind of going downhill from there uh i've lately especially since i've been uh watching a lot of uh classic common writer for my other podcast uh the henshin men podcast check it out if you're interested in that kind of stuff um because I've been watching a lot of classic 1970s common writer and I've been really seeing how, Oh man, that show was done on such a shoestring budget and everything is so dated and it's so, so dated and really just, you could tell they had no money. They had no money to work with, but they put together something that was creative and something that was at least interesting. Right. And I, and so lately I've been giving things more of a, more of an E for effort type score. And I think I want to give that kind of score to this movie too, because like you can tell they at least put effort into it. There's, um, there's not a, there's, there's, there's not a lot of money, not a lot of creativity put into the plot, but when it comes to the 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 set designs and the monster fights, they did have some creativity involved, and so I gotta give it a you know at least a two point five just for that, if nothing else. My final thoughts are: if not every monster movie fan would like this movie, not if you haven't no. watched this movie. It, you i wouldn't say this is for everyone this is for a very specific type of monster movie fan the type of person who likes watching mm, the giant claw 
or you know godzilla versus megalon you know things like that the ones who kind of embrace like we like we talk about we embrace the sillier side the ones who embrace the silly side of monster movies will find this one charming but if you're looking for more substance more artistic value more you know refinement in your monster movies this is not the movie to look to and you will not enjoy this movie so that's my final thoughts on it uh so yeah let's move on to our next segment and do you know what the next segment is michael i do it's the mailbag the mailbag what's in the mail today and if you would like to send us a letter to our mailbag you can do that kaijuweekly at gmail.com or you can tweet us at kaijuweekly on twitter please please i beg of you send us some mail because we want to hear from you it can be about anything it can be about kaiju movies it can be about regular movies it can be about music it can be about clifford uh we will literally take anything at no, this no, point no 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 it can We're be about clifford clifford's. it can be it... about the magazine it can be about clifford um it could be it could even be about clifford uh, <laughs> uh so so uh yeah and, and and this week we got uh quite a few messages from someone named jojira uh who i have yes. interacted with online before and he's a really awesome guy and uh and he sent us some stuff about a new game that is coming out that is an rpg uh game and i'll I'll just read out what he sent us here so he sent us this letter uh he said as i've said in earlier messages i'm a big mecha fan a fan of mecha animes there's a long-running video game series called super robot wars which is a turn-based strategy rpg that crosses over various giant robot stuff had to burp um to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the series gridman is going to be joining the fray specifically the anime version uh but this will be the first tokusatsu series to appear in the main super robot wars console game uh which uh just side note that this would appeal to uh one of our uh twitter kind of i guess friends uh someone we interact with uh from time to time because he's a big uh gridman fan especially the anime he's a fan of and then nathan also is a big fan of gridman the the old 90s show <laughs> uh, uh jo- what is that one that one that one that one's called uh that one's not called gridman that one's called uh super samurai cyber- oh, super Sa- cyber squad yeah, cyber yeah, squad, yeah. yeah. okay yeah he likes that one um but anyway uh here's uh joe jira continues and another thing uh, about why this game is a is a big deal uh in an earlier episode you talked about how toei was uh forcing a cease and desist on fan subbers well the people behind the super robot wars games did the same thing but to people who do fan who did fan translations of the games but the plus is they were hired to be the official translators which is kind of cool 
You know, these guys were just doing fan, fan translations for these games, and then they got cease and desist, but then the company just said, hey, you're already doing such a good job. Why don't you come and do the official one? Right. Uh, you know, we, you know, we, we don't, yeah, that's really, that is really cool. I like that. Yeah. And so he says, this has been going on now since the last three games in the series, which uh, he says is Super Robot Wars V, Super Robot Wars X, and Super Robot Wars T, uh, with the last one to test to see if fans outside of Asia would be interested in lowering the price on imports, uh, you know, or so they could lower prices on imports if they had a bigger audience to reach. Uh, it was a success, and now Super Robot Wars 30th anniversary will be the first game in the series to have a global release on Steam, and he included the trailer for it, and I watched it, and it looks freaking awesome. It looks fantastic. I did. I watched it before we. I, I watched it before we started recording, uh, and it does. It it looks a lot. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Now I'm not a big gamer. Um, I'm not a big video game person, and I'm definitely not a big RPG. Neither am I. I'm de- I'm definitely not a big RPG person, so I've never really played an a role playing game, uh, like on like this this type of game before. Excuse me, I don't know why I'm so burpy all of a sudden. Um, but I am a fan of a lot of uh old, not old, but a lot of mecha animes. Um, and watching the trailer for this, I recognize a lot of the ones that are included in this. Of course, you get a lot of the Gundam ones uh included in it, but you also get, of course, uh, you also get Mazinger, which is really cool. I love Mazinger. Um, there's, and he also taught, uh, told me, which I might read out on another day, some of the messages he sent me about some of the ones that are included in here, cause those seem really cool. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it, it, it's really fun. He said, uh, I think it was, uh, Super Robot Wars T or maybe it was V. I can't remember which one he said, which included Cowboy Bebop, which I love. I love Cowboy Bebop. So yeah, I like. I'm not interested in games like this, but this also just feels like if you are into games like this and you are a fan of these types of shows and animes and stuff, that this is just kind of like bringing everything together, you know, kind of Avenger style into one place. Yeah, I I really like uh, I really like games like this. Like when I would when I would play games, I'm starting I'm starting to get back into it since I'm kind of got a little bit more free time on my hands nowadays, but, um, you know, I have been looking for some good RPG games to play. So I may, if I can, uh, check this one out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Jojira, since you are such a big, uh, mecha anime fan, uh, make sure to send us, you know, some recommendations on what we should cover on the podcast. I know you've sent a couple of them already. And like I said, we will probably, uh, uh, even read out those messages on a next uh, on another episode because you sent us a few of them already. But yeah, send us some, send us some uh, some information on some some mecha animes. I mean, I, like I said, I already know Mazinger. I've already been a fan of Mazinger. Um, I I'm dipping my toes slowly into the Gundam uh, franchise uh, thanks to our friend Ben Magnet 
who appeared on the mm-hmm. podcast. I've been dipping my toes into the Gundam franchise lately now, so uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm getting into a lot more of them. I, I like I said, I have watched some Mecha stuff, and and I just I want to know more. I want to I want to know more of the stuff that's out there that we can cover on the podcast or even if we don't cover it on the podcast, if we just sit and just, uh, just for me to sit and watch and enjoy, cause I, I love Mecca stuff. I, I even want to write my own uh, Mecca comic book uh, story. So uh, I, I've been working on for a while and haven't gotten too much further into, but we'll see how it goes. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I mean, love this stuff. I mean, you, You've gotten a pretty significant amount of work done on it. I've seen some of the I've seen some of the images. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten some character designs done and I've I've written out some of the some of the outline for it. I just I I haven't my thing is I haven't sat down and actually like just worked on it. I need to sit down and actually just work on it. I've just been busy with other stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, but we'll see maybe coming to a to a kaiju ramen magazine near you uh, in the future hopefully uh, yeah hopefully uh but yeah thanks joe jira for sending that stay in contact dude stay awesome and uh and we're gonna we're gonna probably have a lot of recommendations for mecha stuff from him uh because like i said he's already sent some <laughs> and again if you would like to uh be featured in our mailbag segment have your message read out it it literally could be about anything it could be about our private lives um won't guarantee that we'll answer it honestly or sincerely but depending on how personal it is but we will at least look at it (laughs) uh but you can send your emails (laughs) to kaijuweekly at gmail.com or at kaijuweekly on twitter uh, please interact with us because you know one of the things that we've really done with Kaiju Weekly for the last 83 episodes is uh, really had this kind of nice back and forth interaction with the community and I, I like that I like interacting with you know other fans and other you know Kaiju fans and and monster fans and things like that and so I would like to hear more from people so please reach out to us right exactly I I, I... Yeah, and like I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because over the last, uh, over the last year or so, we've had some really, really good react, good interactions with folks, uh, and it just seems like in the last several months, uh, our interactions and our mailbags and our conversations that we're having online with our listeners has really picked up, and it's really, really, really enjoyable. Uh, so let's keep this, let's keep this train to going. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so. The only other thing to do for this episode is to read out the trivia question that we're going to have for uh, hinting to next week's topic. Now, we began Guilty Pleasure Month with Michael's Guilty Pleasure, at least as far as monster movies. Godzilla 1998. Yeah. As far as monster movies are concerned, we're not talking about the stuff that he hides in his closet. Uh, (laughs) Um... Uh, but (laughs) so we're going to finish guilty pleasure month with my guilty pleasure monster movie. And so the question that I want everyone to try to answer this week is what do you think my guilty pleasure Travis's guilty pleasure monster movie is? I feel like mine might be a little bit harder to nail down because I 
and I ha- I like a lot of really weird stuff. And also we've already talked about some of the weird stuff that I like. So it's like, you know, how do you nail it down? <laughs> um, I can already see how this is going to go. And it's going to be all I'm going to say. All I'm all I'm going to say is all I'm going to say is our listeners might actually be a little bit surprised about what the actual answer is. Yeah. Anybody who was there for our uh, first Kaiju quarantine event may have an idea of what my guilty pleasure movie is because it's the one movie that I was very uh, positive towards that no one else was. <laughs> I was like the only one. Um, but or no, no, no. It was. It was. It wasn't the first one. It was. It was. Um, it was for Trash Mountain, wasn't it? So it was the second one. I don't uh, yeah, yeah. But it was. But it no. It, it was for Trash Mountain, but it was for the early day. It was for the early showing of Trash Mountain. Right. The it first wasn't one. quite. It was. It, yeah. It was still at the base of the mountain. We'll say that. So it wasn't terrible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I was very, I was very enthusiastic about this film and no one else was, which is kind of the story of my life. No one has ever, uh, accused me of not being enthusiastic. (laughs) This is true. This is very true. Uh, so to finish up this episode, I'm going to say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly. All the links to our social media as well as for the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group are listed in the description in the doodad down below of this episode. You can send questions, comments, or answers to our trivia questions to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. And if you are interested in tokusatsu heroes like Ultraman, Kamen Rider, or Super Sentai, you can check out the new Henshin Men podcast, which is hosted by yours truly, uh, and Nathan Marchand, our uh, friend and sometimes guest host, uh, and we are having a lot of fun with that podcast. New episode comes out uh, Mondays. I promise they're going to be consistent. I promise they'll be consistent for a little while. Uh, <laughs> and and then we also want to say a big thank you to everyone who has supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine so far. We've been saying it for a while now, but issue three is on its way. We will pr- we promise we will get it to you soon. Uh, so look forward to that. And if you want to find out more about it, check out the website kaijuramenmagazine.com. And if you want to help support this podcast and get some nice bonus content from time to time, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Kaiju Weekly Pod. Yep, and there's uh, one more thing that our listeners can do to help support this show, and that's by going over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. And if you do that, we promise we will read that review on a future episode. Now, let me tell you this. Um... You can write whatever you want in the review itself. Just as long as you make it five stars worth, we will read it. Like it can, it can literally be anything and we will read it as long as it's five stars worth. And what that's going to do is that's going to help put this show in front of other Kaiju, Tokusatsu and uh, Henshin men or Henshin podcast fans or Henshin hero fans, just like you. Uh, It's going to help us grow and it's going to help us have a lot more fun in the future. Yep. And to close out this episode, I will say help control the space gauss population. Have your barbellas and rubellas uh, spayed or neutered. 
Gamera. 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 Gamera is really neat. Gamera is filled with meat. We love feeding Gamera. Crazy, all because of the stupid cat.